2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll they will do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888 84 Jesse Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Joining me now on this Memorial Day to be a little bit more serious than we normally are, former Green Beret Terry Shepard, legend in the Green Beret community, even though he denies it. Terry, anybody you want to talk about on this day?
4: Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on, uh, brother. You know, we all know this is that kind of day. I, I also say, listen, there's, uh, for me, it's generally kind of a, a mellow day, but I, uh, it's not like I want people to lay around and be morose. You know, all these guys and gals died, so you can do whatever the hell you want. I wanted to talk about uh, a guy I lost. <clears throat> he was, I was his team sergeant. We never actually got to deploy, he'd been a Marine uh infantry guy one of your boys did combat in iraq wanted to be special forces guy got out went to the q course of the national guard in our unit in rhode island but then quickly transferred to the west coast because he thought they would deploy he was out there for a couple years that didn't happen then he came back to our unit and uh, he was assigned to my team huge dude tim mcgill he was like six six covered with tattoos i used to joke when he walked into my team room i go are you a member of the Aryan nation? He just kind of <laughs> smiled, but he was, a, he was a big, huge, gentle giant. Uh, and, but also with a really funny sense of humor and, and he had only been on my team for literally, I don't even know, like a month. We hadn't even got, done anything yet. And he said, Hey, Terry, uh, I want to roll out. He was going out. He wanted to go to first group with first group to Afghanistan. Cause he had not done any combat in special forces he had with the Marines, but not us. So yeah. I said, of course, brother, we'll support you. So we ended up getting him out the door And he went with first group, and he was killed in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. a week before he was going to come home. Killed by, you know, the guys they were training. Not unusual. I just wanted to talk about, and it was, it really broke, it really hurt us. But I was a team sergeant, and uh, we we decided, you know, as you know, Green Berets are notoriously awful at drill and ceremony. But we decided, I I said, we can do this. So we were there when the body came in to Dover. We took, we actually had a police escort. They shut down. He's from Ramsey, New Jersey, which is a very patriotic town. Uh, he was also a volunteer firefighter, too. So when of we course. took his body from, from, yeah, from Dover to, um, I mean, from, he actually flew from Dover to, I, knew, I wasn't in Dover. I'm, I'm sorry. I was there when, he, when we got into Teterboro Airport. And there was, dude, you should have seen this, Jesse. The, the uh, uh, state troopers, local police shut down every damn exit and as we were driving by people are saluting and no one even knows who this kid is but all the cops all the patrol people we get him to his hometown we got um we actually got his um body into the into the funeral home and then there was a whole week of kind of like getting everything ready, I mean, uh, and we needed help to do make sure the ceremony was right. We called on local like National Guard guys who were good at this kind of stuff. We drilled, we drilled, we made sure this was perfect. <laughs> the town welcomed us. I couldn't pay for a damn thing. They wouldn't even, you know, <laughs> and uh, on that final day when we took and we put them on the uh, case on for the uh, fire department, and we we walked down the main street of Ramsey, New Jersey, with his you know, with his body over the flag and, and I was in the front of it. And we're walking along, dude, and I just I just I just I I'll never forget this because it was one of the saddest times of my life, but it was also absolutely one of the best because the whole town was closed down. Every school was closed, every business was like oh. there was there was flags draped over with cranes on the street. And we're walking along down the street and, and we had these we had the bagpipers and for his funeral to end up coming, they learned the bout of the Green Braves and the Marine Corps hymn, which is not easy to do. But we're walking down the street with his, <clears throat> with his body. And, you know, you try not to, you know, you try to, and people are in the street, like waving flags, openly weeping, saluting. And I, as we were about to turn the corner to get his body to the funeral home, which was, again, in a couple of days, we were going to bury him. I made eye contact with this little boy who was like looking at me, right at me. And as he saw me look at him, he saw that I made eye contact with him, and he snapped to, like, attention, and he did this little boy salute. Oh. Dude, and I just I – was, it was really hard not to break. I just smiled at him and nodded, and we just continued down the way, and we, and we got his body to the funeral home, and, and the rest of it happened there. And I thought, dude, that's why we do this. It's for that little kid, right? It, it, you know, it's not for these idiots. On it, it, There's a lot of people, honestly, I don't mean to sound like a jerk. There's a lot of people in the U.S. I don't particularly care about. I don't do it for them. But when that little boy saw me and snapped to attention and stood up straight and did the salute, it was amazing. And then so then uh, after that, too, we, uh, you know, we did the ceremony uh, and we I remember, man, before we went to the funeral <clears throat> to the church he was Catholic. I'm Catholic. You know, there's all the guys in my, in my team that were, that were part of the funeral detail. You know, some guys are religious, some guys are not, but I got them all in a circle behind the funeral home and and we all put our hands in the middle. I said, we said a quick prayer. I said, this is, Let's just do it for this do it for Tim, do it for his family, right? And so we went and we did this very you know the ceremony with the flag and, and everything, presenting arms and then, you know giving the flag to his to his mom, and I had a colonel who actually showed up there, and he came up to our guys and he goes, "I never saw anything. It was ne-, he goes, "I've never seen it done better at Arlington." and I'm not saying that to brag. I get no credit. It's the guys get credit for it, but the reason was we wanted it to be perfect, and these dumb green braids who absolutely suck at brilliant ceremony. <laughs> We, we we pulled it off because it was important to us, and that town you know there's towns like that all over the, the United States. There's some towns that don't give a crap probably in, in as a town, but Ramsey, New Jersey, man, um, that was something else. And so he was a great dude, kind of a big, quiet guy, very scary looking. But I I, I was I always regretted that I never got to deploy that range with him, and he wanted to go, and we said, of course, we'll get you. On gets you strapped hanging with first group. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, Tim McGill, Staff Sergeant, you know, special Forces, eighteen Bravo. He was a weapons guy, and he was one of your boys. He was an infantry marine.
3: Guys like Tim McGill, were they born? are they made? What are they? Where do they come from? That's a good
4: question. I think it's a little bit of both. i think I think a lot of times with the, the crucibles that that you and I have been through, um I think sometimes even, it's not even that they make you it's almost like they reveal you it's there you know there's I think there is steel in most people it just has to be taken out and sharpened and so it's it, the potential is in, in in most people I think there are some people I'm like yeah no probably never but that doesn't mean they have don't have other things to offer but I think I think you're born with some of that but I think in order for it to be to get to where it needs to be it needs to be forged like a sword pounded on beaten on abused put through everything, and so the final product is a combination of the quality of the steel that you put in and the tempering process that you use for the finished product. I don't know if that makes sense. That probably sounds dumb, but that's no, kind of what I think it, it is.
3: it makes total sense. It, it, it makes total sense. There's got to be something there for the iron worker to work with, but right. he can get it out of there if you get the right iron worker, for sure.
4: Exactly right. Yeah, It's in this, so that and that crucible, I've always said, you know... I remember I was at a friend's wedding
3: a few years before
4: I retired and I'm my old crusty we had our all our uniforms on and someone asked me he's like dude why are you still doing this and my one word surprised him I said it's love we love our country we love our family but more importantly we love the guy to the left and right and I you know it, it pressure is good I never wanted to be that guy who came up short when we needed it you know so as a special forces medic Dude, I lost all kinds of sleep thinking about, all right, man, if I had to do a trach, if I had to do a cricothyroidotomy on this cat, well, okay, blah, 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 talk myself through. You know what I mean? So peer pressure to not be the last guy on the rucksack march, to not be the slowest runner, to not be the guy who always that, – that, that gets you through that because an elite unit – and it doesn't have to be special forces, man. Any combat unit, you get good when you suffer together. That's why a good family – a family is a family because they get through stuff. You know, if everything's easy, then you've never really been tested. And so I think that's what makes an elite unit and also basics done to perfection, right, over and over and over. There's nothing sexy or voodoo about any of the, any of the good things we do. It's just hard work, and you got to keep finding the right guys to do it.
3: Terry Shepard, nobody does it better. Watch his show, Hollywood Weapons, on the Outdoor Channel. Appreciate you very much, my friend.
4: All the best, brother. Thanks for having me on. I will talk to you soon.
3: Be good. I got to tell you, man, that uh, Terry walking me through that town shutting down about, about killed me there. That kid snapping a salute. That's out of the daggone movies. Whew. Well done, Terry Shepard. Memorial Day. Hang on. We got one more.
1: For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.